Hello, this is Freedom Flight Flight Aviation. I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Randy McGinnis, and I've been flying general aviation aircraft for 45 years. The purpose of this podcast is to help make general aviation better and safer for things that we have seemed to forgotten over time. It just seems to be the, the simple basic things that get past us. I'd like to remind those of us with lots of experience of things we may have forgotten and to help new pilots gain experiences by listening to these podcasts. Today I'm going to talk to you about five good reminders. These reminders should help you uh, raise questions and make uh, uh, input to your daily flying um, better. Make you think about situations and how you do your own prep for flight. The first thing I want to talk about is the value of a good pre-flight check. I can't stress how important this is. Um, Just as an example, at the little airport where I fly out of is uh, up in Northern California, and it's only 2,300 feet long, so uh, you have to have things correct. One of the things I've seen just in the last few months, I watched two pilots do an emergency shutdown and come screeching to a halt just in time to get off the runway because they had the pitot covers still on their aircraft. And you ask yourself, how could that happen if you'd done a good and thorough pre-flight? One just happened a couple days ago. I was driving around the airport coming to my hangar, and I observed this airplane taking off, streaming blue smoke behind it, which concerned me. it wasn't the kind of smoke would be from my, um, uh, a smoke system for an aerobatic airplane. This aircraft wasn't in that category. So I got on the handheld radio and called the pilot and explained to them that they were trailing smoke. The pilot said uh, he would return to the airport and do a flyby so I could examine the aircraft. Well, instead of doing a flyby, by the time he got back to the airport, he decided he was going to do a full stop landing and he was trailing smoke as he came in and by the time he turned around on the taxiway he radioed back to me that he had actually had oil on the windshield well what had taken place was the oil cap was not on the engine securely which goes back to the pre-flight like I was talking about my views of a, of a pre-flight is that you should start doing a pre-flight and not be interrupted If you get interrupted, stop and start over to make sure you haven't missed anything. I like to do my pre-flights inside my hangar by myself and the world shut out. So that way I can go over the airplane in depth and check everything for the flight and make sure it's correct. During the pre-flight, one of the things I think it seems to me that uh, gets overlooked the most in general aviation is the condition of the tires saying air pressure and cracking and dry rotting. Just because you have a lot of tread left on the tire doesn't mean it's in a, a, a flying condition. If you'll notice on some aircrafts, if you start looking, they'll have lots of tread, but they'll be cracked and dry rotted between the tread. This is just an accident waiting to happen, which will cost you a lot of money if it takes place. Because if you blow a tire, you're going to, if you can keep it on the runway, you're very lucky. 
If not, you're going to exit off one side or the other, and you're going to damage the aircraft, damage the wheel pan, or damage uh, some property on the airport, which is expensive. Always practice uh, a good pre-flight and make sure that you're satisfied that you've checked everything, the fuel, the whole condition of the aircraft before you take off, because most of us are going to be taking our family for a ride. The next thing I'd like to talk about is a, a sterile cockpit. I always like to practice this operation on takeoff and landing. Um, I, I don't want people talking uh, as I'm taking off because I'm too busy. Uh, and I don't want people coming in talking as I'm coming in to land. Um, I want, don't want to be distracted, but obviously you want to explain to them if they see something that's dangerous, like an airplane coming at you, to speak up, not be quiet. But in a normal situation, you don't want to be pointing out some building or some landscape piece or, or one of your passengers' houses while you're coming in on uh, uh, final or in a busy airport environment. So I always like to practice this sterile, sterile environment. Just the same way as I also get into the habit of doing this, it's just a, a routine habit as... Uh, as I always say, clear prop before I start the engines. Even if nobody's around and you know nobody's around, I still open the window or have the door open to where I can yell clear prop. Now, I happen to be fortunate enough to fly a multi-engine airplane and I yell clear prop for the second engine and I'm sure it's very hard to hear. But I do it regardless because I'm trying to do everything I can in a safe manner. And you should do the same. One of the things I like to do on landings and takeoffs, uh, let's go with takeoffs for instance. You should know your V-speeds for your aircraft. You should have them down pat, very memorized, and know how your aircraft performs. One of the things I like to do that I think most pilots uh, may or may not do, but if you don't, it's a good practice. I would like for you to count the seconds from the time you start moving at the, at the uh, start point of the runway till you actually hit rotation speed. Is that four seconds, five seconds, by counting 1,001, 1,002, 1,003? That's very consistent in your head. So you'll know exactly that you should be rotating at five or six or whatever the number is. And if you're going past that, you already know now something's changed. What changed? Is it density altitude, performance of the aircraft? Uh, it should raise your awareness. Just because you have an active airspeed indicator, is it enough for you to continue the flight? So that's something I like to always do. Uh, on landings, uh, I always use uh, the numbers in my head uh, that I have for my speeds, uh, for, for downwind, for base, for final. Uh, like I said, I fly a twin-engine aircraft into a 2,300-foot paved strip. So I like to be right on the numbers, right on the end of the runway. So by doing that, I have to be very, very consistent. So I always want to know uh, density, altitude. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm able to stop the aircraft. And one of the things I use in my aircraft that maybe some of you do and maybe some of you don't, is I actually use uh, aerodynamic braking. Uh, you're going to say, well, some of you might say, what's that? I, after I get the aircraft on the ground, uh, instead of just standing on the brakes, I like to pull the nose back as far as I can get it back without the aircraft flying again. And that steep angle of attack of the wing will actually slow the aircraft down incredibly. 
if uh, it works very well if you get a chance to try it. I've actually <laughs> flew my airplane in and out of uh, our airport with very uh, the brakes not in very good condition uh, that weren't stopping like they should be, and I was trying to figure out what's wrong with them. Well, it figured yeah, I finally figured it out. It was the inside of the shoes were wore down so thin that they weren't making good contact. So I just bought the aircraft, and I actually ended up fixing the problem. It stops well now. But the uh, the next thing I'd like to talk to you about is the dependency on all the electronic uh, navigation equipment that's out there today. <clears throat> we actually have incredible technology that's been brought to the field. But my concern is, is what do you do if this technology fails? Can you still fly the aircraft? You should practice going back to the basics, needle ball and airspeed, and uh, flying the airplane without any of the electronics. Now, I know some of you are going to come up and say that, uh, gee, i got to back up on my iPhone, my iPad, my uh, mini iPad, my electric panels in the dash. Yes, you do. And that's incredible if you're fortunate enough to have all that. But if you don't, please practice flying just on basic instruments to get your aircraft to the ground safely. You'd be surprised at how much that will make difference in your safety of flying. That you know, uh, in your mind, if everything fails, you'll be able to return to a safe landing position. Well, let's see. On the fifth thing I'd like to talk to you about, I always do a gumps check. And you're going to think, okay, what's that if you don't know? And if you do know, why am I talking about it now? And gumps is gas undercarriage mixture props and seat belts. Uh, that's what I was taught many, many, many years ago. And I always do it, no matter if I'm in a complex airplane or I'm in a very simple fixed gear, uh, non-electrical airplane. I always just figure gas, undercarriage mixture, and prop, and seat belts. I do it uh, on downwind, I do it on base, and I do it on final. I do it three times every time. And it just reminds you uh, of doing the right things at the right time. Because every aircraft is different. And with that, I'd like to... Uh, end this podcast by saying, make all your landings equal to your takeoffs. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, you can post them to this podcast and I will answer them. And if I don't know the question or the answer to the question, I will get an expert to answer that for you. So thank you very much.